GBC podcast number 19. I'm Courtney Wise. I'm Shane Blankenship. Touchy subjects, guys. We have just a few days until the election, and I know if you're anything like me, it's sort of the first thing that you're thinking about. Yeah, we're going to kind of wade into it a little bit, and I want to share a passage from 2 Timothy chapter 3, and uh, here's, here's what I'm going to throw out there. Don't let this be ammo. This, is, this shouldn't be ammo for you to use it um, against one candidate or another. Um this is for you. This is this is this is God's word for you. This is God's word for me. It's not ammo to use against someone else. So no, let that be the preface. Um, and I'll also say that what I wanted to share with you, um, I was I was looking for the passage in in Second Timothy where Paul says a good soldier doesn't involve himself in political affairs. Oh. Um, and so he was he was giving instructions to Paul that there are some things that you just, you should stay out of. There's some things that you don't need to allow to consume your mind, your heart, your head, your time. This is what you've been called to do. Stick with your calling. Okay. Um, and it's not that, you know, you, you can't have an opinion or speak about those things. It's just, you know, what don't you do. Don't let it cloud your head from making choices yourself. I, that's, I so it. that's what I was looking for. Um, and then finding that, um, here's something that came out of Second Timothy chapter 3. So, again, this is not ammo. This is a word for you. This is a word for me. Here it is. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. And let me just go ahead and say we've been in the last days since the resurrection. So when people talk about are we in the last days, yep, we have been since the resurrection. And Paul right here to Timothy is talking like it could come at any moment. When you read Peter, Peter thinks it could happen at any moment. You know why? Because Jesus says, you don't know the day or the time, but it's going to come quickly. Um, and so they were waiting for it to come. So we are in the last days, regardless of what is happening in the world. We've been in there since the resurrection. Okay, so that's verse one. Here's verse two. In the last days, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Last part. Have nothing to do with them. I mean, I'm a little convicted. And we should all be convicted. Like, it would be really easy to use that as ammo against your the presidential candidate you, you don't, don't like. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly right. You're Either all way, you could use all of that um, as ammo. But but this wasn't written about a presidential candidate um, or anybody running for office. This is written to Timothy from Paul, who Timothy is now leading a church and says, "Hey." I want you to pay attention. When you're seeing these things, you should expect these things. This is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Have nothing to do with them. And when he says have nothing to do with them, again, it has nothing to do with not having an opinion about them. Right. Like, don't vote. Like, that's not <laughs> what we're saying. I'm like, okay, how do we apply this to our lives? Have nothing to do with them. I I want to ask you, though, Shane, um, you know, there's been a separation of church and state, right? But people are sort of expecting our presidential candidates to act like Jesus. And then the scripture here is saying, you know, 
what is the scripture saying? How do we apply it to that mindset where people are starting to like put the presidents um, or the people running for president mm -hmm. on this level of Jesus? Like I never expected the presidents to act like Jesus. Did you? Well, no. I mean, absolutely, because everybody's gonna fall short, right? No, no. We're all. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we're filming with two different uh, phones here. I won't touch uh, <laughs> But yeah, there's um, no one's gonna gonna live up to that, right? N not one person. So yeah, I absolutely don't expect them to act like Jesus in any way. Um, I think that we have a responsibility as followers of Christ um, to cast our vote. You know, uh, we all have a vote. We cast our vote for the one that we feel like will um, most closely carry out. Um, this life that we've been called to in Christ Jesus and the freedoms that we ought to have and, um, you know, making righteous laws and carrying them out justly, like which candidate is going to, is going to, uh, to best do that, um, to support those tenets of our faith, which candidate will best do that. So I think you've got an expectation to vote in that way without having the expectation of that person in that position being Jesus. Because it may not be. Well, and I, I always like want to look at, you know, flip the script, I guess, on mm -hmm. us. And I'm like, well, what have you done lately to love your neighbor? <laughs> what yeah. have you done lately to um, embody the fruits of the spirit? Absol well, absolutely. It's easy to point out somebody else's faults. It's easy to Especially point when out. Especially on TV. <laughs> and, yeah. The, and the more the more popular they are, the more um, uh, the more attention they get, the easier it is to hey, point out their fault, point out what's going on um, in their life, and forget about the plank in your own eye. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's a there's a there's a tendency to that, and I think it's just ultimately it's just a distraction. Um, and I keep I know I keep coming back to this, and it is it really isn't a cop out. It's what the text says, but there's two different places that I think are powerful. Um, one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament. Daniel chapter four. Uh, verse 17 is one of them. And in that one, this isn't all of it, but it says that the Most High God is sovereign over all the kingdoms of the world, and he gives them to anyone he chooses. And I think there's even a part of that that says even the people of like a lowly, or even the lowliest people, um, you wrote it down. So so there's one aspect um, from the Old Testament, that, the, that the, the Most High God is sovereign over all the kingdoms, all the nations, all the principalities, all of them. So my kingdom, Courtney's kingdom, you know, business kingdoms, anywhere where there's rule, anywhere where there is reign, anywhere where there's positional power, all that kind of stuff, even if it's over on your own life, God says, I am sovereign over that. Um, I exercise my reign and my rule over that, even when people don't recognize the legitimacy of it. I am exercising that. So I'm giving it to whoever I want. Paul, in Romans 13, chapter, uh, chapter 13, verse 1, says, um, basically to submit to the governing authorities. That's, that's his opening line. Um, and then the next part of that is um, because God is appointing the rulers over nations, not allowing, right, appointing them. And he is writing during the time of Nero, who I've said many times, I, I, I know from the pulpit probably on this podcast, mm -hmm. who was impaling Christians on poles and setting them on fire to light his streets. Paul says... Submit to that authority. Whew, and it's the authority that's going to cost him his life mm -hmm. because he can recognize that God is appointing those rulers. So, so one more aspect and I'm going to shut up. No, no. Um, thinking about it in that context, then, if you believe that God is appointing rulers over nations, that means God has appointed Queen Elizabeth of England, who has reigned since shortly after World War II, uh -huh. and he has appointed President Trump for this moment in time. He will appoint another one for the next year because that's the way our rulership, if you will, our democracy works. 
but he appointed President Obama and he appointed President George W. Bush and George H. W. Bush and Bill Clinton and Ronald Reagan and Gerald Ford and John F. Kennedy oh, and FDR <laughs> and George Washington and, and Adolf Hitler and the Ayatollah of Iran and the Saddam king Hussein. of Saudi Arabia, Saddam Hussein. He appointed all of those, not because they're his right hand man, not because of all he's appointing all the people who are closest to him over the world. He's appointing them for his will, his purpose and his plan. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't always know what that is. Matter of fact, most of the time I have no idea what it is. I'm just trying to trust him in it. Mm -hmm. And for most of us, we couldn't even see it in the moment. Like a Hebrew um, passage, um, Cyrus, who is a Syrian who God uses the king of Syria to rescue um, or to deliver the the Hebrew people out of um, bondage in Babylon. You know, they were taken into captivity in Babylon. He uses the king of Syria to pull them out. Um, and he's referred to in the Hebrew Bible as a Ishkadel, which is a great man, which is only a title that's given to like four other people in all the, the Old Testament scriptures. Um, this pagan Gentile king. But God appointed Cyrus... And he knew what he was going to use Cyrus for. He's going to be a great enough leader, a powerful enough ruler, a military tactician to be able to deliver the Hebrew people from bondage in um, Babylon. But they could have, they would have never been able to know that in the moment. No, hindsight. Um, is it another good example, uh, Judas, that God appointed Judas? I mean, he could have had 12 people that were like yeah. going to do everything that he wanted but he had to have one. Absolutely. Hey, listen, Jesus says in John chapter 15, you didn't choose me. I chose you. That's what he said. He said that to the disciples. Um, he chose Judas. And he had a plan for Judas. He had a purpose for Judas. And Judas was a snake. And everybody knew it. And Jesus loved him anyways. Jesus invited him to be a part of this. Um, but, but he knew what Judas would do from the, from the get-go. Um, and he had a plan in that. He had a purpose in that. That Judas was going to be the very thing that would put him on the cross to pay for the sin of the world. Yikes. So a turning point in, in our in everything. Yeah, and, and he carried out his role. And so here we are, you know, at another turning point, I yep. would say, in US history, you know, which way are we gonna go? Does it really matter at the end of the day? Because God already knows. Mm -hmm. You know, he already knows what's gonna happen on this day, next week, if we are going to be you know, one way or the other. But I think, like, Shane, I think the biggest thing for me just um, as someone on the sidelines, obviously, in politics, is that we are expecting um, lawmakers and presidents to, um, to like, a standard that we ourselves can't even very, hold ourselves very to. Very pharisaical, yeah, um, a lot like the, the Pharisees would do, yeah. But absolutely, we want them to embody um, a standard that maybe well here here's I'll throw this out to you maybe they're not they're they're, they're never going to embody it but God's no. gonna choose them anyways. Are we ever gonna embody yeah. it? Yeah. I mean even like as a mom <laughs> sitting here trying to teach my kids about Jesus and I'm like gosh I fail every day. I mean can you imagine trying to run for president? Yeah. No, I, not, not at all. Cast your vote. For whoever you want to vote for, you're an American. If you're watching this in America, anyways, you're an American. You got to vote. Um, you get to vote. It's a it's an incredible privilege. It's an incredible right, and I think that you should do it. You should exercise that right. Uh, but don't get so caught up on that that you miss what you've been called to as a, as a as a follower of Jesus and as someone who belongs to the kingdom of God. Don't let it be a don't let it be a distraction because you you know that if President Trump gets elected, he has been appointed by God for the second time. 
to rule this nation. And if Joe Biden gets elected, then he's been appointed by God through that process of however God works to rule this nation. And then this is kind of bold, and maybe I shouldn't even say this, but, Do it. but shut up. Like, shut up about it after that. Like, let God do what only God can do, what he said he was going to do, and now you do what you've been called to do. Because it doesn't matter. Once he's appointed, he's appointed them. And God's got a purpose in it, and I can't see that purpose, and you can't see that purpose. And so the reason why I say shut up, and I know that's harsh, is that we can use our social media and our platforms or whatever that, that can be to put down the person or to point out the faults, or whatever, or to push our our our, our person, and you can do that if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't I can't stop you. you. Got that right, right? People do it all the time. Or you could use your platform and your position and your influence to make known the name of Jesus and to know Him better yourself. Like because ultimately you were created for two purposes: to know God and to make Him known. And so maybe take it into consideration when you're writing what you're writing and you're saying what you're saying. Is it drawing people to Jesus? Is it, um, I mean, this is our church motto. Uh, two, two different cameras, I think they can both see it at this level. Bringing people face-to-face with Jesus. Is what you're saying bringing people face-to-face with Jesus? Well, and you, you just said, you said a bunch of stuff that I want to say too, but, you know. Say it. we got a, we got a little bit of time left, I think. Well, okay, so are you, just give, mm, let it be ammunition for you to do instead of like sitting behind your computer and writing about it, like do something that Jesus wants you to do. Mm -hmm. And I think like I've been trying to apply that more to my life lately, staying off social because it is so political right now. And there, you know, all I can do is cast my vote, Mm -hmm. you know, and then try to do the things that I feel like God wants me to do. And so I'm, instead of, I guess I'm like, just do, 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 you know, don't just like sit there and write about it. Just do, do, do. Um, so I'll just say that because I can't remember the other the other two things that I wanted to say. Um, there's really two postures I think that we see in, in scripture, and there's two postures that militaries fight from. Um, so I'm going through a, a, an army, um, the command general staff college right now. So there's some other stuff that's on my mind, but um, I think it's interesting. This is this is um, actually not a U.S. military concept at all, but it's a um, um, written in, in, a, in a book a long, long time ago, but it talks about fighting from a defensive posture. Mm-hmm. So a defensive and offensive posture. Um, so, so all right. So take that without me getting going down a rabbit hole real quick. Um, you can you can use your platform to be defensive of whatever you want to defend, mm-hmm. or you could go into an offensive mode, not for what you want, um, you know, from a political standpoint or a social standpoint. But we could use the life that we've been given in an offensive way to draw people to Jesus yeah. again to point. Point people to him. Like to be mirrors. That he would really bring life, full and abundant life, life everlasting, hope, peace, healing to the broken.